Welcome, everybody, to your favorite Wednesday night podcast, the Paranatural Cryptid Preservation Society. And tonight we are bringing you the cryptids of God of War. Kratos? A cryptid hunter? Say what? Well, we're about to tell you. I know it was a little cryptid, but you just just go with it. Just go with it. Here we go. Kellick, do you mind doing the honors and reading a little snippet for us? Sure. This is written by Thinner Janssen. Uh, in 1578, there is a fish that is still unmentioned, which it is scarcely advisable to speak about on account of its size, because it will seem to most people incredible. There are only a few who can speak upon it clearly, because it is seldom near land, nor appears where it may be seen by fishermen. And I suppose there are not many of this sort of fish in the sea. Most often in our tongue, we call it hafgufa. Nor can I conclusively speak about its lengths in L's, because the time he has shown before men, he has appeared more like land than like a fish. Neither have I heard that one had been caught or found dead, and it seems to me as though... There must be no more than two in the oceans, and I deem that each is unable to reproduce itself, for I believe that they are always the same ones. Then, too, neither would it do for other fish if the Hafgufa were of such a number as other whales on account of their vastness and how much subsistence they would need. It is said to be the nature of these fish that when one shall desire to eat, then it stretches up its neck with a great belching, and following this belching comes forth much food, so that all kinds of fish that are near to hand will come to to the present location, then will gather together, both small and large, believing they shall obtain their food and good eating. But this great fish lets its mouth stand open, the while and the gap is no less wide than that of the of a great fjord and nor may the fish avoid running together there in the great number there in their great numbers but as soon as its stomach and mouth is full then it locks together its jaws and has the fish all caught and enclosed that before greedily came looking there for food so that is the Hafkufa, which we will touch upon. It's ginormous. But it's it's huge. So a fjord. What exactly is a fjord? It, it's a giant thing of water, right? It's a giant body of water or a lake <laughs> that, you know, is in um, like Scandinavian countries and uh, Scotland. It, it's kind of like the locks, right? Like Loch Ness or mm-hmm. whatever. So imagine the size of the creature if the mouth is the size of a fjord. It's huge. Just say it. Like it's humongoid. Yeah. So and go ahead. Isn't the half goofa the one that is also considered to be the original kraken? It is. The half goofa and it's counterpart uh, the Lingbacher 
The Leanbacher. Now, the Leanbacher, otherwise known as the Heatherback, which we will refer just... to back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back and forth between them because it's much easier to say Heatherback than it is the Lingbacher. Because I don't even know if we're pronouncing it correctly right now, but we're giving it the good old college try. <laughs> so. I do not speak um, Old Norse. <laughs> no, we cannot. We cannot speak Old Norse. But, <laughs> but we're giving it a try. And the Heatherback, the Lingbacher, is considered to be an offspring of the half-goofa or the kraken. Hence why we led with the half-goofa. Right. And they're both, what, they're both considered giant whales, right? They, yeah, the, the I guess the classification that they have it under is evil ale, evil whales. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Which, we'll touch on more of those, but... Starting with uh, the Lingbacher, uh, which was in uh, God of War, correct? Now, I personally, just yes, for full transparency was. here, I have not played the game. I have. I would love to play the game, <laughs> but I haven't. I haven't had a chance. It's amazing. Well, the whole series of God of War is amazing, and I, I, I love it. And my husband and I play... God of War. We also play um, Uncharted, which is another really great series of games together. Um, but we just recently finished the uh, God of War Ragnarok that came out. And hence why we are speaking about Kratos <laughs> being a cryptid hunter. I mean, but I mean, if you look at it, now, that's what he goes up against now here, in, this, in these games. I'm assuming he ends up fighting the Lingbacher. He ends up freeing the Ah, okay. Yeah, because it was a uh, spoiler alert, guys. If you haven't played the game, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm just giving you heads. Spoilers. These are spoilers. If you haven't played the game and you don't want to listen, uh, now is the time to back out gracefully. <laughs> uh, yeah, they and and one of the quests you end up freeing the Lingbacher or the um, the Heatherback. Um, and the reason why they call it a heather back. Yeah, this is really interesting. Is, it is the whole back looks like an island, like an actual island. And when it would come up to the surface to breathe, to feed, it brought with it this island that had formed on its back. It's uh, it's crazy, but it's beautiful. So. The ships would see it as a as a floating island. They would port there. They would go there and they would dock, and then it would drag them to their their depths. Now they're dead in the darkness. Now, if we're talking about this creature, obviously we've we've brought up the whole fact that you know this is in the popular video games and uh, mm. in you know common. Um, tales and you know games and stories and you know that sort of thing but mm-hmm. the the origin of the Lingbacher is actually traces back to uh, the telling of Orver Odor which I, I know Orver Odor 
does not roll off the tongue. <laughs> it does not. In any no, way, shape, or form, those letters should not go together. But no. <laughs> it essentially translates to arrow odd or arrow's point. Right, or arrow's point. So we'll go ahead and give uh, Ovar here uh, the arrow's point. We'll, we'll go ahead and translate that for y'all so it'll be easier. It's also easier to remember for most people, so we're going to go ahead and continue to call it the Arrow's Point. That is a man, and it is a saga written by um, an anonymous Icelander. And this is like, I believe this was, this goes back all the way to the 1200s, 1300s? Yeah, the 13th century. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this this is one of those tales that goes back to like Beowulf's day and that sort of thing. Mm. It does. It does. And Jotuns. Right. Giants. Let there be giants. And it's funny. It's funny that we talk about that because a lot of the mm, uh, protagonists mm-hmm. or antagonists, I should say, the, a lot of the an- antagonists in, in God of War are Jotun and considered to be giant oh interesting okay yeah so it's this one in particular was just a sad story for me i felt sad okay i know call me crazy um but i felt sad for the heatherback because he was he was enchained he was imprisoned for a very very long time that so long that when they released him he didn't realize he was released and didn't go anywhere he just stayed right where he was even though he had no more chains on him and that made me very sad that is sad to see that it is sad i mean yes is he giant and huge it takes up most of the ocean yes does he kill indiscriminately absolutely well, okay. But it's just sad so, to see a whale. So let's put this into perspective here. Because if this creature does in fact exist somewhere in the oceans, namely the Icelandic oceans or uh, the Greenland oceans, Iceland oceans? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. This creature is so big. Imagine the amount of food required to keep this thing alive. A lot. Like, okay, this is also. Uh, a portion of that story of uh, Arrow's Point. These were two sea monsters, one called Sea Reek and the other Heatherback. The Sea Reek is the biggest monster in the whole ocean. It swallows men and ships and whales too, and anything else around. It stays underwater for days, then it pulls up its mouth and nostrils, and when it does, it never stays on the surface for less than one tide. So now the heatherback we've already talked about the sea reek is the kraken essentially the hafgufa the hafgufa and that's such a funny word to say hafgufa I actually like that word <laughs> gufa hafgufa hafgufa <laughs> uh, it reminds me of the the hufflepuff yes hufflepuff hafgufa but it's not, it's much more dangerous than Hufflepuff. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Hufflepuffs. I love you, but they have goofas like the Kraken. So, yeah, you know. But these <laughs> these creatures are so big that they swallow like entire ships, whales, everything. Like it's completely mm. indiscriminate of the living and wood. Like 
a ship is made of wood, but it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It eats it all anyway. It sure does. Extra fiber. (laughs) 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 Gotta get that fiber somehow. (laughs) It sure does. Gotta eat those ships. Have you taken your ship today? (laughs) Have you eaten your fiber today? (laughs) (laughs) I don't care what flavor you take. Norse, Icelandic, (laughs) French. I don't care. Just eat your fiber. (laughs) Be a good half goofa and eat your fiber. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm entirely too too tired. It's been a long day. (laughs) It has been a long day, but it's great. It's great. So, okay, so we we first get introduced to the Lingbacker, the Heatherback, and Half Goofa in uh, Arrow Point's saga back in the 13th century. And it became very popular. And it was, it contained a whole bunch of old legends and songs in the saga. So if you ever get the chance to read it, you should, because it's really great history. Um, it goes on about um, Arrow Point and his lineage, who his father was and his grandfather was, and um, how when he was an infant, he was predicted to be killed by his own horse, Foxy. Yeah. Faxi. I hope I'm, I'm saying this correctly. It's F-A-X-I, at the place where he was born at the age of 300. Now, okay. Let's talk about that for a second, because the age of 300 <laughs> doesn't match up. You know, like those are pre-flood type years, mm-hmm. which kind of makes me wonder if this was an oral tradition passed down through the centuries to the 13th century where uh, it got written down by the anonymous Icelander. Well, I mean, I I could say that. I can because in part of the saga, okay, he's he's pretty much running around doing voyages um Jotunheim, Finnmark, and he's just successfully, might I add, fighting against several Vikings. Until however, he gets up to a, a Swedish champion whose name I cannot properly pronounce. I'm going to say Halmar. Halmar. And that's when he met. Yes, that's when he met his match. And then those two become unlikely friends. Like, dude, I can't beat you. You can't beat me. You know what? Equals. Let's call it truce. (laughs) (laughs) We will go together. And they do. They go together. And that is how they end up coming in in one of their many little quests and and voyages. They come across the half-goofa and the linebacker, 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 the heatherback. Yes, the linebacker. And see, excuse me. One one reason why <laughs> I so think sorry. this might be more, uh, I, I guess, because of the travels that they that they go through. You know, they travel through the Mediterranean, um, which mm-hmm. I find very interesting because at this point in time, I don't think there should have been any. Norse or heck even Icelandic people going down to the Mediterranean through Sicily and even to the Holy Land 
mm-hmm. where he was baptized. He was baptized in Sicily. So it kind of makes me wonder. Okay, so if he's baptized and all of that, it's obviously post-Christian era. Mm-hmm. So it would have had to have been post-flood. But the age of mm-hmm. 300 keeps throwing me off here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it was... Unless that was an embellishment. It was a prediction. It could have been. It could have been. But it, it's, it was a prediction. But it's a prediction that ended up coming true. And here's the funny part. He... Oh, Arrow here is like, screw that. I'm not going to be killed by my horse. Absolutely not. So what does he do? He's like, I'm going to beat this. (laughs) He beats this and he's like, I'm going to beat this. And he he leads his horse off and kills it and then buries it. Right? So after all of his voyaging and fighting and winds and battles and, you know, going up against these giant water creatures that are terrifying by the way and only solidifies my reason as to why I do not go in dark water um he comes back home because he's homesick right Mm -hmm. and guess what happens what's that he's walking over the grave of his horse mocking the old prophecy as he does so and trips over the skull of his horse from which a snake appeared. And the snake bit him. And he died. The irony. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Never mock a prediction. Right. <laughs> Don't mock it. Take it seriously. Because he he did, in a way, get killed by his horse. Yeah. 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 Now... With these tales, um, the Hafgufa and, or, yeah, Hafgufa and the Lingbacher, they are part of a larger group. (laughs) Large. They're part of a larger (laughs) group of creatures. Um, It's an understatement. Let me see if I can pronounce this because every time I try, I mess it up. Uh, you got this. The Aspidocalon. <laughs> I think I got it. That was a that was a great the try. Aspidocalon. I'm gonna go yeah, with sure. it. We'll go with that. I'm I'm going. We'll go with it. So the Aspidocalon. Aspidocalon. There we go. That's it. They are a species of giant marine creatures described as being so huge that they're often mistaken for islands and appear to be rocky with crevices and valleys with trees and greenery and having sand dunes all over them. Mm-hmm. So this isn't just a turtle. The This is a number of different creatures and we'll go into to mm-hmm. a couple of them. But it, it's just kind of interesting that they've got their own kind of classification they have three different classifications actually what are those Uh, the giants the giant beasts of the earth have come to have three different classifications the first is and I know I know we were going to get to this towards the end but we'll we'll, it'll all come together (laughs) I promise Uh, the first is behemoth 
or the primordial beasts of the earth. The second is Leviathan, the primordial beasts of the sea. And lastly is the Ziz, the primordial beasts of the air. So there's three classifications of each big beastie now, that's out there. You might recognize two, at least two out of the three, if not, you know, more, mm. all, all three. Mm-hmm. But the two out of the three are spoken about in the Bible, which we know about um, during Job's talk with God, where where mm-hmm. God kind of puts Job in his place of, you know, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you when I did all these amazing things? Mm-hmm. And those amazing things, two of them were the Leviathan and, uh, shoot, name just the behemoth. behemoth. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So it, it's kind of interesting. And I, I just feel like these things are still around. I'm just going to mm-hmm. throw it out mm-hmm. there. I think the, now the behemoth, I think was actually a dinosaur. I could say it. And I say that because of the the biblical description of it. Um, Talking about a tail that sways like the trunk of a tree, of a tall cedar, I think it was. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, these are, if you look at like a uh, Brachiosaurus and creatures like that, that is a gigantic creature that walked on on the land, had a big old freaking tail and I mean the the description just matches but the Lingbacher I think is the Leviathan and it talks about how like no one is able to I guess tame the Leviathan and no they're vicious they're huge and vicious and they literally see you at like they see everything on the planet as tiny. They're like, oh, you little ants. Look how yummy you are. What'd look. you say? Because I can't quite hear you. We're krill. We're krill. We're tiny little scrimps. And that will be eight. To put this in perspective, you've got Architeuthis, which is the, the largest known um, squid that we know of. And, I mean, tentacles over 100 feet long. I mean, this is a big creature. And they have caught glimpses of it in deep sea dives and subs and all of that. And they claim that the eyes, at least based on their measurements, and I've seen some scientific research on this, but they they compare the size of the Architeuthis eyeball, like just the eye, as the size of a dinner plate. Now that's about 11 inches. Mm-hmm. For a creature that is a hun- over 100 feet long. And then you come to the Lingbacher, whose eyes are the size of tide pools. And then you kind of go, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's their eyeballs that sit on top of their head. So, like, imagine, like, how alligators Mm -hmm. have their eyes on top of their head and they're all like looking around and all that that's what the the heatherback has on top of their head it also reminds me of the giant crab from moana moana pick an eye pick an eye pick an eye (laughs) 
I I honestly have only seen that movie once, and it was like when it that's offensive. first came out, and I haven't seen it since. That is offensive. Moana is one of my all-time favorite Disney movies, aside from like Sword in the Stone, so because Merlin's my boy, and I love Mad Madam Men. So, uh, yeah, it's it reminds me of so shiny. <laughs> He's got the giant eyes that stick up over his head. And he's like, she's like trying to focus. And he's just like, pick an eye, pick an eye. This is, <laughs> it's rude. <laughs> pick a tide pool. Oh, and apparently uh, in the past, people have actually tried to uh, gather fresh water from these said tide pools, which eventually <laughs> le- ends up leading to their death. Because they just poked a giant water creature in the eyeball (laughs) and doing what any normal creature would do was like, ow, and sank. All I'm thinking about is that commercial for eye drops, dry eyes. (laughs) See, I imagine like a kid poking the eyeball with a stick and the leg biker going, ow, ow, stop it. There's not enough eye drops in the world. In the world. <laughs> Do you have dry eyes? I'm sorry. Now, so these, but, yeah. these classifications of large whales, also known as the Ilveli, um, they, based on like what this says here, the Lingbacher is a slow swimmer tends to doze at the surface which is indistinguishable from a heather covered island it's possible to go right up and land on it um, but the whale which is basically what it is eventually wakes up and dives and anyone still on it will be drowned now this says some fishermen in in southern Iceland stayed two days on the whale's back uh, before it sunk but they had the presence of mind to escape while they could. Trying to draw water from the pools on the island is certain to wake it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The Lingbacher feeds only once every three years, but when it does, it engulfs anything in its path. Fish, birds, and whales alike. Other whales. Like giant blue whales. Like This thing doesn't even know what it's eating. It's so big. Right, but but could you imagine, like, walking the beach one day, you're just, like, mm, centering myself, I'm all zen, drinking my coffee, and then all of a sudden you come up across half of a blue whale. Right. Just washed up on Chomped shore. Chomped in half. Chomped in half. Like, squeeze me. Who did that? <laughs> Who could? It's it's the Heather back. The Heather back did that. And what we also are making connections between the heatherback and the bloop. Yes. The bloopity bloop. It could be that. It could. We could also tie this into um, disappearing islands. For example, uh, High Brazil. Avalon. Avalon is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. even some... What's that other one? And even some images from Google Maps where sandbars literally located in the middle of the ocean. Now, I don't know about you, but every ocean, like, middle of the ocean that I've seen is really deep. The ocean's creepy. So how exactly does a sandbar just show up 
in the middle of the ocean. Now, I, I get it. Islands, volcanic stuff. I get it. There are exceptions. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. generally, when you look at Google Maps and you see these like small islands or you know these volcanic volcanically created islands you see some depth to them you see the white waters around them you see there's some indication that this is an island mm-hmm. that it goes down to the bottom of the ocean but these sandbars that you see on like say google earth for example and and trust me like Go look it up. Go Google it. You'll see these sandbars are just there. They're in the middle of the ocean. And it's just like this white bar of sand that you zoom into. Mm. And it looks just like a white bar of sand. So it's it's a giant sea creature because the sea, the ocean is scary. Uh huh. Why, Mother Nature? Why? <laughs> see, Why are you so scary? I feel like. These creatures were like, yeah, me and Mother Nature, we go way back. We, we're buddies. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't speak the dark magic to me. I was there when it was created. Right? <laughs> and, which actually brings me to another point, which you know, we're kind of bringing up a little bit early, but I got to bring it up. The Banes mm-hmm. of Job, which you brought up earlier as well. Right. Yes. So the yes. Banes of Job, which are the first beasts, these are like, I consider them like the titans of the beasts, of the creatures. Like, yeah, I can say you've it. got the titans of Greek mythology and all of that. Well, these guys are like mm-hmm. the primordial beasts of like the early earth. Mm-hmm. And this is a quote here. Um, It says, long before God created man, he had made the first beasts, the banes of Job, as they were coined. They ruled over the three layers of the planet, like the sky, the earth, and the seas, including all the inhabiting creatures. After the flood, they up and vanished, most likely hibernating until the end of days and are kept that way under the power of the tablet that God gave Job after he showed him essentially a virtual tour of the universe if the pieces of that tablet are broken then we'll be set all the way back in the prehistoric age so I don't know if this tablet actually exists Uh, I'm going to do more digging on this but on this tablet is essentially um, the these images of this behemoth, the Leviathan, and the Ziz, which I had never heard of until today, by the way. Mm-hmm. But they claim that either um, the Lingbacher's death will bring about the apocalypse, or the apocalypse will bring about the Lingbacher's death. Nobody really knows, because you know, how would you know something like that, first of all? Like, yeah, I've researched it, I know. Like, really? Because if if I knew that for sure, for sure. Also, I got to ask, like, how do you know it's feeding times are like every three years? Just curious. Who followed it around (laughs) to figure that out? And for how long? Like, you had to do that for a really long time to figure out 
that it feeds every three years. Right. Now, I talked about the Ilveli um, and mentioned that a few minutes ago. That basically translates to evil whales. And yeah. these evil... Those darn evil whales. There's a bunch of them, apparently. Yeah. And the Lingbacher is only one. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of the biggest, but still. Yeah, but but the biggest one is the Hafgufa, and that's the one that is known to have birthed all the rest of the sea monsters. Right. Which include... Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, here we go. The okay. <laughs> you got it. Skell Junger, the Rodkeminger, <laughs> the Katvili, the Tamafisker, the Lingbacher, the Selamoder, the. Hmm. Good try. Skelliaskrimsli. <laughs> the Svertalvar Valar and the Notchfall Dear Ison <laughs> Thank you for putting up with us and listening to us as we learn all about your histories about um, my poor enunciation of these words please forgive us <laughs> I know I can just I was just picturing it in my head as these you were poor people as you were cringing. trying at my well, pronunciation of these. Not, not just cringing, but laughing. <laughs> like, they're probably just, like, sitting around eating their, their, their shark and talking about, like, are you listening to this? <laughs> Do you hear this? This is ridiculous. Listen to how, I lo- how hard they try to pronounce it. I love this. you, Iceland. I promise. <laughs> we, I just, we really can't do. Speak the language. And I we cannot humbly apologize. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Love us anyways, because we're really trying and we we really do enjoy y'all's history. So and we're just trying to spread the love. We're trying to spread the education that we also dearly need to learn about each other. So <laughs> we're trying, okay? Can we at least get a silver star for that? <laughs> I'll take a silver star. So But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're huge, They're huge evil whales. They all look different too. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the the Rod Kemminger, Kemminger. Uh, <laughs> I, I, f- I keep feel picturing the cook from the from the Muppets. See, I keep thinking cloudy with a chance of meatballs. <laughs> see that I could the see, but I just burger burger. We're trying here. We're just not really good at it. <laughs> and we just end up sounding like Muppets. Go figure. <laughs> now, as far as I know, the, the translation is the red-crested whale, which I could say much easier. Uh, but this thing is supposedly savage and bloodthirsty. Yeah. Uh, it may not have the size or raw power as some of its uh, other Ilveli. But its ferocity and determination to hunt and harm boats was unmatched by any other living creature in the sea. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, this dude is holding a grudge of something. Eesh. He's got a bad attitude. 
He doesn't like it here. He's not happy, <laughs> and he has no problem showing it. Get me off this ride. I'm done. I did not consent. I don't know why I'm here. And now everybody else is just going to have to deal with my bad. Now, here's what. The, okay, here's what's crazy. And this one kind of blows mm-hmm. my mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's said to be an abomination. And eating its inedible flesh is not only deadly, but forbidden. Mm. Those desperate enough to try came to discover that boiling its meat causes it to disappear from the pot. Yeah. So I don't know if that means that it liquefies or that it's like gone, gone. I just feel like it liquefies and that's... mm, It's... Can you imagine the smell? Um, But it would probably, if it does liquefy, it would probably make like a really good sealant or something. I'm sure. Some good fat bag. (laughs) Tallow candles if it'll like solidify. I don't know. I don't think it does though. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh, and the way it looks though is... It's odd to me because it makes me it makes it sound kind of cute at the same. It's so ugly. It's cute because mm-hmm. it's got it's red crested, right? As we we've said, but it's also because for some eyewitness accounts, by the way, refer to the crest as bristly hair, like the mane of a horse. And some other people talk of a row of small fins moving like sea snakes. So <laughs> picturing Squidward. <laughs> so the the thought that comes to my mind are those like little those little volcanic tube things that come out of the like they're those living yeah. creature things that live like in the really deep sea volcanic fissures. Yeah, I can see that. Where like if those were like like the little crustaceans that grow on. Well, everything in the ocean. Lava rocks. I mean, like on the yeah. sides of ships and like barnacles. But mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. they're those little tuber things, so which are red, and those look like a mane or hair. I mean, if this thing is so big, why wouldn't it have those? If it, especially if it lives down at the bottom of the ocean. I don't yeah. know. It's uh, the scholar Olafson. Mentions that the crest is bright red, obvious on the bre- the beast's brown body. So it's got like a brown body. It's got like a mane, like a horse. It's got squiggly arms and red crests that go down its back. I'm just, the picturing of this in my head, in my brain pan, is throwing me off a little bit because I can't get past the squiggly fins. I know, and it says that the body, <laughs> like body wise. Uh, the whale's elongate hydrodynamic shape makes for a fast swimmer, the fastest of all the Ilveli. As they move, they position under their position is underwater is given away by the massive amounts of bubbles formed as the water passes through the red crest. So this thing is fast. And yeah, I, I know that it's not white. But all of these creatures make me think of, like, Captain Ahab and the White Whale. 
Like, is yeah. that white whale one of these creatures? I mean, it could be, just like the blue. Right? I mean, it was so villainous that it, it ended up being the only marine beast mentioned in the Danish demonology. Yeah, to, to basically be considered uh, an underwater demon. Mm-hmm. Like... A, evil and chaotic forces. Evil demon of the oceans. You got a reputation there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. Like, we were looking at, you know, the Heather bag, and yeah, it made me a little sad, but I mean, it's vicious. It's gonna, it just kind of floats around and eats things. See, I see you know? that one as just completely indiscriminate because it's just so big. It doesn't have a choice to eat anything. Like, it doesn't go out seeking mm-hmm. ships to sink. It doesn't go nope. out hunting humans and, you know, it just happens. Anything that happens to be in its mouth, which is apparently the size of a fjord in, mm-hmm. in the middle of the ocean, just gets eaten. And it doesn't know what it's eating. It's just like a yelp. And it's gone. <laughs> it's just <laughs> yummy in my tummy. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> it's a giant poo bear just floating around in the ocean, just eating stuff. And how dare, how dare he get qualified as a demon? He don't know. He don't know no better. But I feel like I feel like the other guy, the red crested guy, he knows better. I feel, I feel like, like he's he more sentient. It. Like yeah, he he's got a grudge against the seafarers. Like you're not. This is my turf. You stay back on land. And right? I feel like if he had you... legs, he would crawl up on land and still try to hunt people. <laughs> still smack <laughs> him in the face with an octopus. <laughs> Here, take unhand thee, bam! Bastard your arms <laughs> off. I'll bite off your ankles. Tis merely a flesh wound. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. Him just right? working. Watching all the land. You two-legged land lover. <laughs> if I had legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. But there we are too much. Yeah, there there's a few of these. I mean, you've got the Tomafisker. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. which translates as bridal fish. Um is one of the evil whales of Iceland. Uh this one is the most dangerous and feared of them all. And like all the others, its flesh is inedible, but it comes with the added evil bonus that speaking its name at sea will attract its unwelcome attention. Like, this thing hears you. It's, a, it's almost like uh, the cans on a string. Right. Just whisper into the ocean the name. You're all dead. Its name derives from the white, at times pink, stripes extending from its eyes to its mouth and outwards that contrasting sharply against its coal black color gives the appearance of a bridle. Oh. Yeah. Don't mistake it for a water horse. No. Both will kill you. Yeah. Both will kill you. One will kill you a little more gracefully. (laughs) The other one will make you chum. <laughs> mm, chummy. <laughs> chummy. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now, now oh, go ahead. 
all of them are supposed to be derived from the one mother half goofa, right? right? But here's my thing, okay? After we do, you know, we've we've talked about half goofa and how they're the, she's basically the mother of of aquatic monsters. How do we take that and end up with the banes of Job? Right? Oh, and just for <laughs> honorable know. mention, we found a giant snail. It's it's a behemoth, okay? One of the classifications. And it and, and this is honorable mention, you guys, because I just cannot pass this up. It is too freaking adorable. It really is. Uh, and, and terrifying I say that. at the same time. <laughs> and terrifying <laughs> at the same time. But I say this because it is a giant it's a giant snail. And it terrified a French city. There's actual like supposed eyewitnesses yeah. to this. Back in 1903 in the Bulletin of the Regional Historic Society describes this giant snail as monstrous living in the vast dark cavern above which the town of Hastings was built. And elder people in the area described how in the hillside of Hastings a large net of tunnels extends from a massive subterranean cave in her, in her. <laughs> <laughs> and this huge cave, it seems, serves as a den for a formidable snail. That's right. A massive, monstrous snail. I've never that, heard uh, those two things side by side. <laughs> formidable and snail. And snail. <laughs> okay, but I love it. I'm loving every minute of this. Because it's, it's formidable. It lived there, but no one knows since when. So they don't know how long it was there. But what is certain is that the filthy beast, you filthy snail, is sort of a long, vicious, and hairy snake suddenly comes out of the hole most often when an imprudent man engages it, embraces the man with its horrible tentacles, smacks him against the shell, (laughs) and then makes of him a mouthful. Such is, at least... The conviction of the locals. So <laughs> that's uh, 1903, ladies and gentlemen, in France. They were terrorized by a giant snail. And see that, like, like we both mentioned at the same exact time. <laughs> like, inner Earth creatures are just bigger. And before the yeah. podcast actually happened, you know, we we try to, you know, cuss and discuss about the podcast information before we come on here and share this with everyone and we we realized why are all of these things so big and it kind of goes back ties back to that inner earth um Mm -hmm. conspiracy about the higher oxygen com content and how everything from dragonflies and ants praying mantises yeah, that they were all just <laughs> simply bigger like take take the creature and just upsize it a by a, by lot. a lot like a dragonfly was three feet long and had a, a yeah. like a six foot wingspan yeah and what the the scientists are saying is that okay so you know how there's uh there's petrified amber right 
and in some of the amber that they're they're finding in these digs have air bubbles and air pockets in them, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so they're basically extracting the air that was trapped in these little air bubbles in the pockets of these petrified amber and testing it. And what they're finding is that there was a higher content of oxygen in the air back then by like 32% or something. So it was like a whole lot of oxygen, which just made things bigger and able to thrive and live longer. And it's just diminished over the time. And one of the things that they're theorizing that it's why the oxygen has diminished over time um, is because of trees. It's simple. It's We don't have giant trees and canopies anymore. So right. less trees, less oxygen. Now, so not to get, we're not living as long. Not to get totally off the subject and derail everything, but mm-hmm. you mentioned giant trees. And Deesh. there are several mentions of giant trees in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I keep referring to the Bible because, I mean... It's an account of history that, and and I'm going by like Old Testament and that kind of thing. Uh, it's an account of history that, whether it was written later and or carried through oral tradition, it exists, and it's some of our only clues to the past, uh, especially the pre-flood days. And right, uh, I be- thanks Gregorian calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah, these these giant trees that I believe were spoken about in the book of Daniel. Uh, I'm not sure. It's Old Testament oh, stuff. No. But it talks okay. about this great tree that extended up. And I'm going to use miles because that's my frame of reference. Uh, but it was essentially miles and miles tall. Mm-hmm. And stretched out its branches across the majority of the earth. That's a big ass. That's tree. a big ass tree. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, the imagine how much uh, just sheer oxygen would come from even one tree like that. I mean, imagine the branches, and I, I don't know. I don't want to get too totally off topic and derail, but there. Well, it, ex- it just it explains. It's a scientific explanation as to why everything was so gigantic and lived so long. Another back then. Another uh, explanation is the greenhouse effect that took mm. place right. uh, before the flood, where uh, the water that made up the firmament in the sky uh, it came down to Earth. You know. Whether God commanded Torrential it, uh, an asteroid punctured it, who knows what. But the flood happened, and all of this water essentially poured out of our atmosphere. And they've yeah. actually detected the layer that that water would have resided in. And it's empty. That's insane. <laughs> so, it, poof. and they say that... I'll dry it up. You know, if this layer was put back, if all the water was back in that you know that creating the shell around the earth that there would be much much more oxygen like on the earth now i am not a scientist i me neither i am an 
amateur crypto cryptozoologist as it is. So I don't know the deep, dark science behind all this. But I do try to relay information that I know, and hopefully it's relevant to people who, you know, want to learn more. And, you know, Same. like we always say, do your own research. Check it out. You know, try to find these, try to find information on this stuff. Because if you can see see it for yourself, it, it's more impactful on your life. You know, it is. You know, we research this stuff every week. And when we when we read this stuff, like we are constantly every single week just blown away by the stuff we find. Mm-hmm. And true that you baked my noodle before we even got on <laughs> oh, here tonight, man. and I was just like, I can't, don't do this to me that right is now. A, I'm, I'm barely functioning at fifty percent as it that is. That is a future so, podcast for sure. It really is, y'all. It's gonna. I can't. I, can't, I don't even want to mention it because mm, if I do, no. we will immediately get sucked into that hole and there is no bottom to it there isn't we'll be here forever like forever, ever? We, we've talked about um like the big giant global conspiracies in the past check our, our previous this is, videos this is, yeah yeah this is one this of is them. one of those like the inner earth conspiracy was another one like mm-hmm. the inner earth being populated and all that like this is on that magnitude it's at that yeah. level. So it's a big humongous. Yeah. But huge even. I don't want to give it away. So <laughs> and No, that's that. gonna be at a future one. <laughs> <laughs> so we have pretty much found out in the first episode of Kratos, a cryptid hunter. Because for the rest of the month of January, that's what we're going to be doing. We are gonna be talking about the cryptids of God of War and uh, Kratos so and what he goes after and what he fights and sometimes kills and and murder Kates and sometimes domesticates (laughs) so and I'm not going to give any more spoilers about that because I've already given away too much Um, but yes so next Wednesday join us for yet another fantastic cryptid from the game series God of War and the wonderful histories and lores that we have found in Norse mythology and Slavic and Icelandic. It's it's amazing. It's great stuff. And you guys are going to want to hear all of it. Trust me. It's I'm excited. Um, so am I. And I'm really excited for that other podcast that we're going to be talking about because mm-hmm. my brain pan just can't <laughs> handle it right now. Oh. I mean, if any of y'all are keeping up with current events, Osiris. Oh, yeah. For example. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, it's crazy right now. We're, we're only like, what, four days in mm-hmm. to 2023? And we've already got craziness happening? I'm just, right now, I just believe that we all ended up on a really crazy ride that none of us bought tickets for <laughs> back in like, you know, 2019. And we've just been spiraling out of control on the Disney key, like teacups ride. Here, We're all there right now, just spiraling here is my into hope. 2023. Here's my hope. I hope that 2023 is the year of transparency and disclosure. And that spans across all different genres, whether it be UFOs, technology, um, everything. Across the board, our ancient past, our dating system everything 
like the inner earth d all of the above i exactly i i want yeah. i i'm hoping that 2023 will be the year of uh just transparency and disclosure i think everybody's yeah. mostly ready for it mostly ready are you kidding me well i'm done <laughs> I'm I'm that person that you see in pictures on on like on rides and stuff that's just kind of sitting there deadpan <laughs> while we're being launched down, you know, a 180 degree freaking drop. I'm just sitting there like I I'm not amused anymore. I you can't you can't surprise me. And then they end up surprising me. They meaning the universe. It's just like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to be that seal. I don't know if you guys have seen this. I've been hanging on to this because it's hilarious. It's this gif of a seal that comes up out of the water and hits a kayaker in the face <laughs> with an, with a, um, an octopus. <laughs> like, oh, I look cute now. Bam. Off guard. Octopus. <laughs> you know? And <laughs> that's how I feel right now. Like, I'm just like, oh, cute little seal. Hi, little otter. Sudden octopus in my face. But that's how, that's how I feel right now. Like, ever since 2019, we've just been a crazy roller coaster ride that we can't get off of. So we either enjoy it or you know find some snacks or something because we're we're in it for the long haul see i um, just i go along with the flow i the the river's flowing uh, just carry me along wherever it leads is where i go i'm i'm doing that dead man's flow in the river right now <laughs> star fishing you seem so excited <laughs> I'm, I'm star fishing at this point in the water my floaties disappeared couple of years back and now i'm just kind of like I, I i gave up fighting for my life now i'm just floating also starfishing for the record <laughs> happy new year's to everyone yes happy new year this is our I first podcast a... of 2023 it is it is and i hope everybody had a great christmas yes. and yule and winter solstice and kwanzaa and hanukkah and everything else that we might have forgotten or don't know of and um happy new year yeah yeah, because it's great. It's a great new year. So with that being said, thank you for joining us tonight. And um, look out for all of our new episodes that will be coming to a podcast app or platform near you. Because we're literally <laughs> we're apparently everywhere. everywhere. We are apparently everywhere. Google us. We are Googleable. That's crazy to me. <laughs> um also, we've got some really great stuff coming to you for the Paranormal Umbrella this month. We will be doing creepy pasta readings the entire month of January every Friday. And we have got a really great story for you. And um, yeah, so join us Friday night for our creepy pasta reading for Paranormal Umbrella. And that is with you and Miss Tina, correct? Yes, it is going to be me uh, with just Tina because I gave her a nickname and she didn't like it. So now it's just now it's just Tina, okay. by the way. And um, we're going to have a special guest that's going to be joining us. who will be doing some voice acting for us. Uh, Dylan Perkins 
We'll be doing some voice acting over the next couple of Fridays for the Paranormal Umbrella. So that's going to be fun. Um, big project. It's great. I'm loving it. I'm excited about it. Uh, so join us and, and listen. Yeah. Give us your feedback. Find us on any and all platforms. iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pod Addict, Podvine, Boomplay. We're literally everywhere. You can't avoid us. You can't escape. You have no excuses. <laughs> <laughs> no excuses. And as always, we will link all of the information that we have found on our Discord, the PCPS Discord. So find us, join us, have a great time with like-minded people and uh, cuss and discuss things. So thank you very much. And uh, don't forget to grab the salt, check under your bed for the boogeyman, and uh, grab a nightlight because we all need one because we don't know what's lurking in the dark. <laughs> Apparently it's uh, big freaky whales. So... <laughs> <laughs> So have a great night, everyone. Take care, everyone. <laughs>